What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies. And I am your host, Movie Mike, a.k.a. Mike Distro, a.k.a. Mike D. And today, I want to bring to you a list of great movies that are 90 minutes or less for those times that you don't have a whole lot of time, but you want to get a movie in. Maybe you're having a movie night. I'll give you a spoiler-free review of the new Scream movie that's out in theaters now. And in the trailer park, I want to talk about a horror movie that's coming soon, That's giving me original Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. So all that for you on this week's episode. Thanks for being subscribed and listening every single week. You already know what it is. Let's get into it. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Growing up, I always felt like the normal length for a movie was 90 minutes. Maybe that's because back in the day, a VHS could only hold about 90 minutes. Anything longer than that would require two VHS tapes. But over time, more specifically the last decade or so, movies keep getting longer and longer and our attention span keep getting smaller and smaller, which I think can be a good and bad thing. I don't think we need to be afraid of long form movies. I think sometimes exploring a story in two and a half hours, even three hours can be beneficial. But I do think certain genres require a shorter runtime. An hour and a half is really all you need in like a horror movie, in some comedy movies. And anything more than that sometimes feels to me like it's a little bit of the filmmaker having this kind of self-serving complex where they feel their art couldn't be reduced to anything less than that. It's also just crazy to me how some people won't watch a movie that's two hours long, but will sit down and watch eight episodes of a TV show. But with all that out there, I just wanted to share some movies that I feel are great movies and are 90 minutes or less, because sometimes I do just want to watch a movie that's pretty quick. I think now there's an art form and being able to tell your story in 90 minutes or less. So in no particular order, 
in no particular ranking system. These are all movies that I would say are well worth 90 minutes. The only thing I did was split them up into different genres. And the genre I want to start with is comedy. I think a 90 minute comedy is so powerful. Great comedy movies are all about the pacing, the amount of jokes you can get in in the shortest amount of time. I feel is the best recipe for keeping audiences totally engaged. So I think if there's any genre that benefits more from a 90 minute runtime, it's comedy. So here are some of the best comedies I found at this runtime, starting with one that I feel is severely underrated. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle coming in at one hour and 28 minutes. I think when people talk about some of the best comedies of the 2000s, this movie often gets left off the list and I don't know why. One of the best stoner comedies I think ever made. It has all the makings of a great comedy movie from the love interest, from all the stupid humor, and one of the most satisfying endings I've ever seen in a comedic tale. And even though I wasn't a fan of the sequels that came after this movie, I think the first one remains a classic. So Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, a great movie under 90 minutes. Staying in the comedy genre is another movie I feel gets overlooked, and it's a movie called 30 Minutes or Less, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Danny McBride, Aziz Ansari, and Nick Schwartzen. And it's about Jesse Eisenberg's character who plays a pizza delivery driver. He ends up getting kidnapped and is forced to rob a bank while wearing a bomb strapped to him. Now, the movie is loosely based on true events. They actually did a documentary on Netflix, a series called Evil Genius, but it's a little bit more of a comedic take on that which I think it did get some criticism when it came out of making light of a very serious, tragic event. But I was just a really big fan of the casting in this movie. You have two very unlikely comedic duos with Jesse Eisenberg and Aziz Ansari, and then also Nick Schwartz and Danny McBride, both kind of pairing up together in a pretty funny way. And the movie comes in right at 83 minutes. And the other thing I think makes a really great comedy is its rewatchability. A movie you can watch over and over again. Still makes you laugh. It's still enjoyable. And I think that is one of those movies for me. A great rated R comedy if you want to check it out 30 minutes or less. And you can watch it in under 90 minutes or less. Next up in the comedic genre, and I'll get to my Scream review later. But I think what Scary Movie did for parody movies back in the early 2000s, also doesn't really get enough credit that it deserves. It really kind of shaped this whole genre of parody movies that hadn't really been done before, at least not in this way. And Scary Movie, obviously greatly based on Scream, but also just teen slasher films in general. But I remember when Scary Movies came out, it was a comedy movie that I felt everybody had to watch because you had to be in on these jokes. And unlike all the other parody movies that came after this in the same kind of style, I felt like the writing was just really there and really more thought out on the gags, how they made fun of movies. But not only that, how they created their own identity in a world where they're not just making fun of other movies, but also building up some pretty good characters. And also coming in at one hour and 28 minutes. It's a rare comedy movie where you get laugh after laugh because no real backstory is needed. Now, I couldn't talk about... 90 minute movies without referencing one of the best comedies ever made from Adam Sandler and it is Billy Madison coming in at one hour and 29 minutes and I actually think Billy Madison is the funniest Adam Sandler movie. I think early on in his career he was really able to define himself in two movies Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and I think when it comes down to the true comedic value of Adam Sandler, it's really showcased more in Billy Madison. I feel like the performer he was on SNL really came out more in his Billy Madison role than it did in Happy Gilmore. 
It's also just a lot more random. The jokes are so dumb and you don't know why they make you laugh. And it's almost like anything goes in the Billy Madison movie. The stupid things like him in the bath with the shampoo and the conditioner bottle, the mysterious penguin he sees coming out of nowhere, the big musical numbers that happen for no reason whatsoever, and just all the memorable quotes. I just think he was at his comedic height in the 90s and no movie really represents him more than Billy Madison. Some of my other favorite 90-minute comedies would be Hot Rod from 2007 with Andy Samberg. Also, This is Spinal Tap, one of my favorite comedies of all time, is only an hour and 22 minutes from 1984, by the way. A movie that I feel greatly defines the 2010s would be Project X coming in at one hour and 28 minutes. If you want the ultimate teen party movie that's absolutely ridiculous, probably the best teen party movie since American Pie. And also just a great time capsule of how I think we will remember the 2010s. I think Project X is perfect for that. Now I want to get into 90-minute horror movies. I almost think that horror movies shouldn't be more than 90 minutes. If it's your traditional slasher movie or just straight-on horror movie, I think you got 90 minutes or less before we really stop caring. I want to start first with the OG, my favorite first horror movie, Child's Play, coming in at 1 hour and 27 minutes. I think... Child's Play greatly follows the perfect horror formula, starting out first with a big opening scene, but the tension and suspense it's able to build within the first half hour of the movie to where you don't really see Chucky full on killing people. It's very much in like this first person type horror of you're wondering when he's really going to go full on and start killing people and revealing himself. It doesn't really get much better than Child's Play, and I love that I'm able to put that on the 90 minutes or less list. I also love that one of my favorite horror classics is only an hour and 23 minutes, and it's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. There is yet another Texas Chainsaw being rebooted and coming out on Netflix this year, but none of them have been able to capture that same charm as the original. Something about that 70s, lo-fi, low-budget filmmaking just really makes that movie. Another type of movie I really love in the horror genre is the found footage movies. I've talked in length before about how much I love and will defend the Paranormal Activity movies. And the first one is only an hour and 26 minutes. And I think that is greatly due to the format of watching a found footage movie. You know, it doesn't have that same cinematic quality. I think it would get a little tedious to watch anything longer than an hour and a half by watching security film or just like VHS tape. But I think when done right, like the Paranormal Activity movie, at least the original, it's highly entertaining. Another in the still kind of horror sci-fi genre is a movie called Cloverfield, which came out in 2008, which is basically an end-of-the-world type movie, but through the eyes of one camera in the same found footage style. The movie takes place in New York, where these huge creatures are basically coming down from the sky and destroying the city, and it's all captured on this handheld video camera. It follows this group of friends, and what I loved about Cloverfield, and any great horror movie will do this, is they really left you kind of wondering what that monster looked like. And going into the promotion of this movie and in the trailers, you really wanted to see what this thing was. And with any great horror movie, it's about that big reveal once you finally see the monster in all its glory and the way it makes you feel. If a movie is able to kind of create that tension and create that moment, I think it makes it very memorable. And I love the way it was done in Cloverfield. Some of my other favorite horror movies under 90 minutes would be Unfriended, which is a horror movie that takes place entirely over Skype that came out in 2014. That's an hour and 23 minutes. 
And in most recent history, one of the best horror movies coming in right at 90 minutes is A Quiet Place from 2018. A few more genres I want to explore in the family category. One of my favorite movies that I watched as a kid comes in at one hour and 28 minutes, and it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2, The Secret of the U's. Out of every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, this is the one I've seen the most. Probably because it had a pretty big shift from the first one, which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were so popular with kids back in the 90s, late 80s. When they made that first movie, it had such a darker tone. It was pretty violent. They had real weapons. They were hurting people. That when they made part two, they were deliberate about taking away their weapons, them not using them as much, instead giving them things like sausages or dumb toys to play around with to make it appeal to kids more, to make it more family-friendly. But with that also, I felt, came more of the comedy. What they were fighting for was a little less dramatic, and the whole tone just really shifted to the second one. Everything from the introduction of Kino, the recasting of April O'Neil, Shredder's overall demeanor was a lot different, and then you throw in a Vanilla Ice cameo, and it becomes an entirely different movie. But for a family film, it doesn't get much better, at least to me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2. It's an hour and 28 minutes. We'll talk some animated movies now, and animated movies are usually on the shorter side. They have been getting longer here in recent years because it's a lot harder to make an animated movie anything longer than an hour and a half. It takes a lot of time to animate. So I think you can find a lot in this genre specifically, so I decided just to pull my favorite Pixar and Disney movies under 90 minutes. Favorite Pixar movie, hands down, just happens to be an hour and 21 minutes, and it is Toy Story. Probably greatly due to they were using technology that had never been used before. The first computer animated movie to ever be made and it being an hour and 21 minutes is a pretty big feat for that. And then my favorite animated Disney movie and probably the best Disney movie of all time, The Lion King at an hour and 29 minutes. On paper, it's really just the best Disney movie from the songs, the memorable scenes, and the first movie to make me cry as a kid and doesn't take a whole lot of time to watch. We'll shift over now to drama. One of the best classic drama movies from 1986, Stand By Me, is only 89 minutes, which it's hard to do a drama in under 90 minutes because to really build a story out in drama, you have to take some time to get to know the characters. You have to create a story that you know we're actually going to care about and want to see all the way through. But what I love about Stand By Me is it gets right into it. It wastes no time on unnecessary backstory. The entire thing is one big adventure from start to finish. Not only one of the best movies of the 80s, but it was able to do that all in under 90 minutes is also equally impressive. The only other drama I wanted to mention that's under 90 minutes is a movie that came out not too long ago. It's a movie from 2018 called Mid-90s and it's directed by Jonah Hill. It's actually the first movie he directed and it's about these teenagers who are living in Los Angeles. The main character has a pretty crappy life at home, but he's able to make these friends at a skate shop and really kind of find his identity through skateboarding. And I just really loved how Jonah Hill was able to capture the 90s without making it seem cheesy. He was very deliberate about the style of this movie, making it look 90s. He even gave the kids in the movie like 90s music to listen to just to get them in that mind frame of their characters. And it's only an hour and 25 minutes. I hope Jonah Hill makes another movie like Mid-90s. It was a fantastic debut in his directing career. A couple more movies I want to talk about. In the superhero genre, it's really hard to make a superhero movie under two hours, to be honest. 
And the only instance where I saw this working would have to be an animated superhero movie. And it's actually my favorite DC movie and it's called The Death of Superman, which is about, well, it says it in the title, The Death of Superman. Since it's animated, it's only an hour and 21 minutes. But for me, it's easily the best story I've ever seen come out of DC. And I kind of forgot that I was watching an animated movie within about 15, 20 minutes of watching it. And I know sometimes when we think animated, we think cartoon, we think it's made for kids. But don't be fooled, this movie still has violence. It has a pretty mature tone for it being animated. And then finally, I did want to talk about the thriller slash action genre. And a movie I watched last year that I ended up really enjoying was The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is right at 90 minutes now. There's kind of a category like this. Movies that the plot itself doesn't really warrant it for being any longer than 90 minutes. And The Guilty is about Jake Gyllenhaal's character who works at an operating center for 911. And basically the entire movie is Jake Gyllenhaal's face. All the other characters in the movie are voice actors who come in via 911 calls. But I think Jake Gyllenhaal is such a great character He's able to carry this entire movie. And I think if this movie would have been any longer, it would not have worked. There are just certain situations which are cool to put people in, but you got to remember if there's not a whole lot of set changes, if it's a very limited cast, you kind of got to limit yourself on time too. Another movie that comes to mind kind of in the same genre, the same category is Phone Booth that came out back in 2002 with Colin Farrell. Again, it's a guy in a phone booth. There's really so much you can explore in that whole hour and a half. And there's one other movie that I really wanted to include that has the same kind of style, but it's an hour and 35 minutes. And that was 127 hours with James Franco. But I had to remember, I promised you 90 minutes or less, so that one did not make the list. So there you go, a bunch of movies you can watch in an hour and a half. I get it, you have a lot going on in your life. Maybe you don't have two hours to dedicate to a movie. Well, now you have no excuse. If you have a favorite movie that comes in in under 90 minutes or less and it didn't make the list, make sure you tweet me at Mike Distro or send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations 
that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Now it's time to get into a spoiler-free review. Let's talk about Scream, which just came out in theaters. And even though it is Scream 5, it's only being called Scream. I'll get into why I think that is and whether or not it lived up to the hype of capturing the charm and feel of the original. But before we get into that, here's just a little bit of the trailer. There's certain rules to surviving. Believe me, I know. They always come back. You said we were going to finish this. Go finish it, Sydney. Run! So I love a horror movie release in January. We very often see them here. January and February are what we call movie dump months. And what does that mean? It's kind of when the movie industry chills out a little bit right after the holidays. You know, everything from award season to bad weather in the United States to the Super Bowl in February. It's just really a chill time for movies. So this is kind of when you're going to see lower budget movies get put out. It just happen to be horror movies a lot of the time. You also see a lot of just random action movies and then comedy movies that are just trying to kind of dominate an otherwise pretty chill time for movies. So I think this is actually a perfect time for a screen movie reboot to come out. And I kind of started to build some hype within myself going into watching Scream. Everything from seeing David Arquette post on Twitter to seeing the studio warning people to not spoil the ending of this movie, which I thought was a pretty good marketing angle to take because it's kind of like a Marvel thing to warn people not to spoil the movie. It kind of creates this hype of like, oh, you don't want this movie to get spoiled for me? Maybe I have to go see it myself. But after watching Scream, if you love slasher films, if you love the 90s and want to recapture that same kind of nostalgia... I think this is actually a pretty good movie for you. The movie actually had some pretty great gore, some great slasher scenes, and it was almost to the point to where I had to look away because it looked so brutal. But I think that's what you kind of have to want and expect out of a Scream movie. So stylistically, I did like the kill scenes. I did like the chasing scenes. This movie kind of gets back to those basics of that. As far for the story itself, I felt it was a little bit weak. Like it had the good kills and it also had the self-awareness. It was kind of poking fun of itself throughout the movie and even kind of poking fun on the Scream franchise itself. And what I realized after they made fun of it is the hard thing about Scream movies and the thing they kind of have going against them when being compared to like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, is that Ghostface, the serial killer in the movie, isn't really his own character. It's just other people taking on that costume and that same concept and being essentially a copycat of the original movie is what all the movies have been. 
And it's kind of hard to get people to go see a Scream movie when it's not the same serial killer. You keep having to bring in new characters and create new ways for this serial killer to be re-emerging again. And I think the most important factor of this movie is it was playing on that nostalgia factor and bringing back the legacy characters that it does have. Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox were really the shining spot out of this movie. And in particular, I would say David Arquette, which I kind of forgot like how much I identify him with the Scream movies and just how good he is in these movies. I thought he gave the best performance compared to everybody's compared to everybody else's level of acting in this movie. I almost felt like it was a little soap opera ish, which I feel like horror movies like this tend to kind of fall on. And it's a hard balance to make of, you know, being dramatic and reacting to crazy situations. It just lends itself to that level of acting. But David Arquette just really had this gritty tone. I felt like he really understood the assignment of this screen movie. So I did love that the movie did make fun of itself. It kind of made fun of the Scream franchise. And it also provided a pretty good commentary on the horror genre. And I love that it kind of updated references to include movies that have come out in the last 10 years and addressing how horror movies have changed since the original Scream came out back in the 90s. I also loved how they modernized some of the elements of the original Scream because what this essentially did, they kind of skipped over Scream 2 through 4 and rebooted the original without making it an exact remake. And I also liked how it was almost made to honor Wes Craven, who passed away back in 2015, who directed the first and every Scream movie since 1996. And I felt like they honored him, one, by creating a character named after him, but also just taking it back to the basics and making it for the fans of the original Scream. So if I had to rate this movie, I would give it three out of five ghost faces for it being a love letter to the 90s. Honoring the original movie, bringing back the legacy characters, and also being a tribute to the original director, Wes Craven. And for overall, just being a movie, I was able to sit down, watch all the crazy kills, and enjoy. So that's what I think about the new Scream movie. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations 
that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I break down new movie trailers of movies coming to you very soon in theaters and streaming and on demand in a segment we call It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. I want to talk about a new movie from A24 called X. That's it. Simply titled X. And it's about a secluded farmhouse in Texas that these people go to shoot an adult film at. Great concept right away. But what I really think I'm going to love about this movie, and if you, like me, are a fan of horror movies from the 1970s, this movie is basically a time capsule for that genre of movie. Earlier, I was talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and why I love that movie so much is because of the lo-fi feel. It has a feeling that you're just watching a movie meant to be seen on a projector. And after seeing this trailer, this movie greatly kind of encaptures the feeling of that movie, but coming out in 2022. So here's just a little bit of the X trailer. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. He don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. So like I said, it's about this film crew. They're going to shoot an adult film and they find this old farmhouse in Texas. They ask the guy basically if they can just use it, but don't say what it's for. It's this elderly couple who just lives there and really just lives in the middle of nowhere in Texas. But then this couple kind of seems like they figure out what's going on. They just take an interest in this film crew and all the young people involved in this. And as night falls, Things turn violent. And just in this trailer alone, you can see how violent this movie is going to be. Feels a little bit campy, but also looks pretty vicious when it comes to how sinister it is. And I love that they really incorporated a lot of that in the trailer, which when it comes to horror movies, you kind of tend to leave out a lot of the really scary stuff because you want to save that for the movie. So it does excite me that they were comfortable enough and confident enough to show some of that stuff in the trailer. I also love that Kid Cudi is a part of the cast. I liked his role in Don't Look Up, and I think seeing him in a horror movie actually looks like that's really going to work for me. So the movie comes out on March 18th in theaters. So if you're a horror movie fan, I think it's one you need to put on your list to watch this year. So that's the best movie trailer I saw this week, the movie I'm most excited about. That'll do it for this week's episode. But before I get out of here, every single week I give a listener shout out. If you wonder how you get a listener shout out, all you have to do is send me a tweet, a DM on Instagram, 
or the most old school way, send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. And this one is actually coming to me via email. It's from Nancy. She writes, hey, Mike, I recently started listening to your podcast and really enjoyed it. We watched The Tinder Bar this weekend and had underestimated how good it would be. When I queued up this week's episode, my first thought was, I wonder if Mike will talk about it. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all of the great info on movies. That is a movie still on my list. I've been seeing that one get pretty great reviews. So appreciate Nancy for so appreciate you, Nancy, for putting that movie on my radar again. I see that you are also working from home and attached a screenshot of you listening on your iPhone. So love to see those pictures. If you have those, send those in as well. If you tag me in your Instagram story, I'll be sure to repost those. So just tag me at Mike Distro. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, why you're listening, who, what, where, when, and when. Yeah, I think that covers the main idea. And also, I will say I did talk about last week how I was rejected by Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm happy to report a big update. They still haven't reached out to me, but I did appreciate everybody tagging them on Twitter. I honestly think they don't care, but I appreciate everybody in the movie crew having my back on that. I will always have your back on everything. We are all one here together on the movie community. And maybe it's really because I don't really see myself as a critic. I'm honestly just the guy who loves movies and I want to share with you the movies that I love that I think you'll like. I never want to gear my reviews based on anything that might attribute to a score. So as long as you hang out with me here on this podcast, that's all that really matters. So I hope you have a great rest of your week. Go out and watch good movies and I'll talk to you later. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.